Dee Dee Moonflyer here. Welcome to the Twilight Tonic Podcast. As always, I have a freshly brewed batch of the strange and unusual to share with you. So grab your favorite tonic, step inside the broom closet, and let's get started. Tonight on Twilight Tonic, I want to welcome back Jeffrey Harris, psychic medium, who has something extremely interesting. Um, I love palmistry and I love tea leaf reading, and he's going to tell us all about it because that's one of his specialties. How are you, Jeffrey? I am doing great. Thank you again for having me this evening. Of course. I always look forward to having Jeffrey. He's awesome. And Jeffrey, tell me a little bit what got you started in tea leaf reading. Well, the good thing about tea leaf reading is that it's one of the easiest psychic arts to learn. So coming from a British and European family, we would often have hot tea in the evenings with my grandmother. And it was just part of the course to mm-hmm. analyze our tea leaves and the saucer after we would have our tea. And it just becomes something that is just very common practice in my household and it's just a lovely thing to do in the evening with friends and family as well as clients how old is tea leaf reading jeffrey i mean that dates back to when i mean that isn't that a very old form of reading tea leaf reading actually goes centuries back into ancient china so when the tea leaf, when people would sit around and drink tea, it was just a common practice to examine the tea leaves in the bottom of the cup, and it evolved over a period of time into actual system of fortune telling. So we can thank the Chinese for cultivating and making tea a very common practice for the rest of the world and giving us this art. And. I'm wondering, when you read the tea leaves, how do you read them? Do you see symbols? Do you see words? How does that go about? In reading the tea leaves, it's a, actually, it's a combination of all of that. So by using mm-hmm. the proper tea to brew the cup, mm-hmm. 
when you finish the tea and you have that little bit of residue and you swirl the cup and you turn it over and you allow the residual tea to drain out, the placement of the leaves and the small pieces of stem will form initials. It mm-hmm. will form symbols, shapes. And along with your own intuitive ability, you begin to piece these tea leaves, symbols, signs, and things together in the placement of the cup into a story that mm-hmm. reveals what the cup is telling you. So it's a, it's a combination of so many different things in reading the cup. Now, when you do this, what kind do you use a different kind of teapot or cup? I use a traditional three dipped English cup. So it has like three segments going down to a bottom base. Mm-hmm. And I like to interpret that as the very rim of the cup as being immediate. The first little indentation in the cup is about one month out. Mm-hmm. The second indentation, as it gets smaller, is two months out. And the bottom indentation in the bottom of the cup is about three to four months out, okay. with the saucer being six to eight months. Uh. Now, in using a teapot, you want to make sure that the teapot doesn't have a strainer at mm-hmm. the spout because you want to make sure that the a nice amount of tea leaves get into your cup and drinking. Mm. So is there any specific type of tea you prefer to use for different readings or is it basically just a leaf type of any kind of tea? The best types of tea to use are going to be like your white tea, your oolong, your black tea, or your green tea, mm-hmm. and loose leaf packaging. Those are small enough that when they steep and expand, they're not going to fill your cup full of like mush. You wouldn't mm-hmm. want to use anything like the gunpowder green tea because it's a very large leaf. Mm-hmm. So using um, that is going to create just basically your whole cup is going to be covered in tea leaves. Ah, oh, gotcha. So the, you wouldn't want to use a tea bag because that's been so finely ground and processed. Mm-hmm. It's not going to really give you good. It's not going to give you ample material to see signs, symbols, initials or things like that. Mm-hmm. But if you have a very pressing question for the teacup or the tea leaves, Mm -hmm. and the only thing you have is a tea bag, you could certainly rip that open and use it in an emergency situation. Ah, that's really interesting. Now, does your client have to drink the entire cup of tea? Do they have to drink from this? Yes, typically... I try not to fill the cup too full of tea because a lot of people don't like hot tea. Uh-huh. So usually I try to fill the cup of about halfway full with a sufficient amount of tea leaves. And they want to leave approximately about a half a teaspoon, maybe a teaspoon of tea in the bottom of the cup with the tea leaves. So that when you take the cup and you swirl it to mm-hmm. distribute the tea, you're going to have enough uh, liquid in the cup to make it produce a lot of area and fill a lot of area. And then you turn it over and set it on the saucer. 
Uh, now, do you turn the saucer or the cup or anything, or you just you just put it on? I have okay. So I have always been told that if you want to know about the past, you will turn the saucer with the cup on it three counterclockwise turns mm. to read the past and see if there's things that you need to maybe work on some. Uh, shadow work, some deep spiritual things that you need to clear mm -hmm. in the past. Or if you want to know from the future, you turn it three turns clockwise. And that's asking the cup to reveal what is coming up, what are possible things that you mm -hmm. may encounter or things that you need to work on for the future. Wow, that's so cool. Now, when you read the tea leaves, do you do them in conjunction with cards or pendulum or anything? It, well, it all, I sort of say no, but it really all depends on the client. Typically, I prefer to do the tea leaves mm -hmm. exclusively when we're doing the tea leaf reading. Wow, that is so neat. And you can use tarot at the same time, mm -hmm. but I like to see the tea leaves almost as a substitute for the tarot cards. Oh, okay. That's really interesting. Now, of course, you can't put sweetener in the tea, I'm assuming. <laughs> you can use a sugar cube, but uh -huh. it's preferable not to use honey or milk uh. in the tea. But a, a, a single cube or two cubes of sugar is sufficient. And it okay. won't make the tea leaves glom together. Wow. And how long have, Jeffrey, how long have you been reading tea leaves? Sometimes it pains me to say the actual number <laughs> of years that I've been reading tea leaves. I understand. This October. <laughs> I understand completely. <laughs> <clears throat> this October will be 37 years that I have been reading tea leaves. And tarot. Oh my gosh. That is amazing. <laughs> oh my gosh. Wow. Not only you do tea leaves, but you also do palmistry. Is that correct? Yes. And that's very ancient from my understanding. Palmistry, really, to be honest, I don't think we can, we can really pinpoint when palmistry started. Mm-hmm. Because it has such an ancient history. And I, there's a story that I like to tell about palmistry that a lot of people don't really hear. <clears throat> excuse me. Is that palmistry originally started in India by reading the lines of the feet. Really? And over the centuries and over the years, they began to notice that the same symbols that were on the soles of the feet. Mm -hmm. were also found in the hands. So they began to move from the feet to the hands because of the larger space, mm -hmm. the more delineation of the lines, as well as more information that could be found in the hand. Hmm. Wow. So do you use the palmistry in conjunction or when you do palms, it's like the tea leaves, you strictly read the palm? It's usually exclusively palmistry when okay. someone comes and they want their palms read. So there are hundreds of lines in your hands. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So each of these lines have a story about you, correct? 
and about your future. Yes, every every line, every break, every what's called an island or encapsulation, Mm -hmm. depending on the placement on the line, according to the time reference that you're taught when you're learning palmistry, can indicate, let's say, for example, if I'm reading you and I'm looking at the head and the heart line, and you have a mystic cross directly under your middle finger. That's usually indicating that the mystic cross is for someone who has occult and metaphysical as well as clairvoyant and psychic abilities. Mm-hmm. And directly under the middle finger would approximate about 20 to 25 years of age that you had a broad awakening or a coming into your psychic and intuitive abilities. Interesting. Huh. And then... Oh, what is that both your left and right hand or just one hand? Both hands tell the story. I was taught that your left hand indicates what you're born to manifest and create in your life mm-hmm. from a karmic and a spiritual base. Your right hand indicates what you are manifesting based on the choices and the decisions that you have made in your life. Now, I've also been taught that if you're left-handed, that reverses. Hmm. Wow. So typically, I always ask, what hand is your dominant hand? And I begin reading of what you were born to manifest. And then we go to the other hand and speak of what you're actually bringing into fruition Mm -hmm. based on the choices and the decisions that you're making. Gotcha. Interesting. Now, does this go up into your wrist as well? Yes, because you have what's called um, bands Mm -hmm. on the wrist. And typically the banding on the wrist will indicate the number of years that a person potentially will live. Um, It can also indicate health issues within that banding. So let's say you have three bands The third band has a lot of breaks, but an encapsulation or an island. Mm -hmm. So we would approximate that being roughly about 75 years of age. And it can indicate that around that age, there would be either a medical issue or some kind of a surgery that you will heal from because of the encapsulation. Gotcha. So we can be advised or aware of the potential health crisis at a certain age, possibly. Okay. Interesting. And of course, marriage and children, that all goes with that hand in hand and love and all that good stuff, which you probably get a lot of questions about. Am I right? It's always how many marriages am I going to have? How many children am I going to have? Am I going to be rich? Am I going to travel? The typical, the typical things everybody wants to know. Wow. I don't know about you. One relationship at a time. <laughs> right. We, ha- we have to stay within the present. And l- sometimes it's best to let the future unfold without yeah, really knowing exactly what's going to happen. Wow. I can remember going to New Orleans years ago and there was this guy and me and my mom were walking. I don't know where the story came from, but he all he did was read palms. He was obsessed with palms. He even took like prints of your hands. He made 
copies of your prints and he read them in like great detail. And it was, to me, it's amazing to understand all of that because it is like a roadmap. You have so many people that say that palmistry is not an exact science. The beautiful thing is with palmistry is that Mm -hmm. we know that each line signifies a specific thing. The amount of Saturn is going to be relationship issues. The ring of Mercury is going to indicate some personality traits. So the beautiful thing is I think and see palmistry as an exact science because we can repeat it over Mm -hmm. and over and over. So someone who devotes their whole life to palmistry is really doing an anthropological study of man because everything is written in your hand. Oh, wow. Now I'm staring at my hands. (laughs) I can't help it. Now I'm looking. It's like, what? You know, because when you look at your hands and you look at your lines, when I, the reason I say the anthropological anthropological study of man is because it's from birth until your last breath. Mm-hmm. And even some of the newer palmistry masters, if you will call them that, are seeing like some karmic connections. They're finding some ancient lines or symbols that have not been used for ever in certain um, books or sutras. Mm -hmm. So we're reawakening the knowledge of some of these lines and some of these symbols that has been lost for hundreds of years. So we can even look at the karmic thing. Mm -hmm. So we can look at our past lives and even our future life potentially within palmistry these days. That's very interesting. So past lives can be seen throughout your palms in you can very heavily influence really and how about next lifetimes or that remains to be seen that remains to be seen because i'm not really sure where i feel that future lives can be interpreted within the palm Mm -hmm. i think that a lot of times what we can see if there are certain Lines or symbols that can indicate some, I hate to use the word negative traits, mm-hmm. but it can indicate some less acceptable traits within a personality, sure. which could heavily influence the karmic lifetime of the future. Mm-hmm. So if if you do believe in reincarnation or you do believe we come back, some of those negative traits or, or things that are not really acceptable within the hand if you manifest them, could affect the birth level in the next life. Sure. Yeah. Interesting. Wow. And how about your fingers? That's a big part of it too, isn't it? (laughs) It's a very big part because when you look at your your fingertips, Mm -hmm. you can have um, spade, spatulate, round, pointed, and each of those indicate a particular personality trait. So if you have the more elongated, rounded tips, that can indicate um, more of a psychic and intuitive water hand. Mm-hmm. If you have the more squared off spatula looking fingertips, it can indicate someone who is very analytical, very science driven. So they would be great scientists, thinkers, uh, physicists. Mm-hmm. Um, 
the swirls, your fingerprints has a lot to indicate in who you are, what traits you're expressing and experiencing. So just every every little detail about mm-hmm. your hands says something about you. Wow. Even the size of your knuckles. Uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting. Who would think that? Wow. It's because, you know, it affects the the size, the shape, and the width of the lines. Mm -hmm. So if you have very large knuckles, it stretches or elongates a symbol. So that that symbol being much larger on one finger of your left hand compared to your right hand can indicate an enhancement or Mm -hmm. a propensity towards, excuse me, a propensity towards a particular attribute or event taking place in life. Okay. Huh. And out of curiosity, let's say someone, you read their palms when they were young, they were supposed to have children and they didn't. Do those lines dissipate? What will happen is they won't necessarily disappear mm-hmm. per se. But if you, let's say we took a Xerox copy of a 14-year-old child's hands and it showed a tendency to have two children. And those lines were very heavy. Mm-hmm. And then she decided not to have any children just because life's just too hectic and crazy and she didn't want any. Mm-hmm. We would look at the hands Xerox to let's say at 32. And the same lines that would be very heavy at 14 may be very faint at 32. Okay. Because of the decision that was made many years ago not to have children, it will affect the hand that is actually predicting what you're bringing to life. Gotcha. Wow. So, same thing I I would suppose with marriage lines as well. That if you were supposed to be married and you decided not to get married, they would be lightened. Well, I have two on my hand, and I've never actually been married married, but I am in my second longest term relationship. And on my left hand, because I'm left-handed, so my left hand would be what I'm actually bringing into my my future, I have a single married one. Ah, okay. So one was chaotic as most past relationships or marriages that end are. And actually, so I am where I need to be at this point in my life with the relationship that I'm in, gotcha. according to my hands. So I've manifested the one true relationship that will last me my lifetime. Ah, okay. That's like so interesting to me that the lines stay there, but they change. That's like so cool. So your marriage line, is that on your left hand or your right hand? It's on both. And it's directly underneath your pinky finger. Okay. This is right on the edge. So because I'm left-handed, we read the hands opposite. So my right hand is what I'm bringing into this world or what I'm supposed to possibly fulfill and do. Mm Mm-hmm. So my right hand says I'm supposed to have two marriages. 
My left hand is what I'm manifesting by my actions, my decisions, and my choices. Okay. So I just have a single marriage line under my pinky, and that is where I'm at at the present moment. Okay. Wow. My wraps around, clear around. What the heck? <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> I'd have to see real well, you know, from, from where you're at and where I'm at to <laughs> be able to tell you what's going on there. But uh... Mine's telling me, and my hands are telling me they're really glad I am no longer a pastry chef. <laughs> I am sure that would probably be very rough on the hands at some juncture. They're probably like, yes, thank you. Thank you for stopping. <laughs> You're welcome, hand. You're welcome. That is interesting. So the back of your hand, is. do you also read the back of the hands? I never really was taught anything with the back of the hands other than when you lay the hands down, you're looking at the shape of the fingertips. You're looking at the knuckles, the, the position of the thumb. So if your thumb, when you lay your hands flat, if your thumb comes out, and then the tip bends a little farther away from the hand instead of going straight. Mm-hmm. That can indicate a very artistic person, a person who would make a good author, a good writer, painter, sculptor, things of that nature. To where if a, the finger, the thumb just goes straight without that extra bend backwards, it could indicate someone who's a little more hard worker, a little more articulate thinking, someone who works more of a physical wow. type of job. Gotcha. Yeah, I'm the artsy type. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, my, my 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 thumbs are very <laughs> pointed outward and curved back. So <laughs> I'm like, what? I want to be that scientist. What the heck? <laughs> that Science is, is too cerebral. I I wish I had some of that. Trust me. I think I think anyone that's artsy, we really wish we had some of that scientific mind going. It would probably help ground us a little bit. Yeah, exactly. I was just thinking that. I wouldn't have but to wear I know a so lot much. Of, right. I wouldn't have to wear okay, so sorry. much grounding crystals if I. Right, but you know, I have a lot of friends who are in the sciences and work with physics and math and these things. Mm-hmm. And they just don't know how to, like, take that off. Oh. And become one of us, right? Uh-huh. So they're always in that cerebral mode. <laughs> and then and then at the same time, I would sometimes like to turn the artsy side of me off and then dive into their world. I would love to I have I can do that. it just for a little bit of time. I don't know. It's so hard because I admire people that are science oriented. And, you know, I'm a big trackie. I don't know. A lot of people, I think, know I'm a huge Star Trek fan. And if I could be, like, a science officer, I would love it. As, as well, see, now that's a little different. <laughs> that's a whole different level of science. So that would be I, – I would join you in that quest. <laughs> that explains our thumbs right now, doesn't it? <laughs> Darn. Darn, Jeffrey, darn. <laughs> right. Now, if I had to sit and do physics all day long, I think I would just, like, lose my mind. But Star trek yeah, we could go there. 
<laughs> Me too. Definitely. I could go there. Wow. That's fascinating that you learned to do that. And how long have you been reading palms? I started reading palms much later after tea leaf reading. So I would say I've been reading palms approximately around 25 years. Wow. Wow. That is a long time to study palmistry. That's incredible. But the beautiful thing about palmistry and tea leaf reading is even though you get an awareness of what the lines are and what they mean, Palmistry teaches you something every time you see a new set of hands. Mm -hmm. If you if you allow your your clairvoyance and your intuition to work with you when you're doing the reading of the lines of the palm, there's just it's a deeper level. Mm -hmm. It seems every time you see the same line or the same symbol, but in a different depth or a different place on someone's hand, Mm -hmm. it's it's just a, a deeper layer that you get, which is amazing to me, even this many years later. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's almost like looking into their life story. In a sense, their personality. It it truly is. You know, it's it's, it's reading the book of, say, Jeff, or the book of Dee Dee, or whoever's hands you have in, it's, it's it's your history, it's your life story, it's your future. And it's phenomenal to see that unfold just in the lines of a hand. Wow. Now, can you read paws? I mean, people that do palmistry, I don't know how many people would ever think of this, but like animal paws or anything like that. Can you do the same with animals? Well, I've never thought about it, but now that you put it in my head, I may have to go look at my dog's feet. <laughs> I was I was just thinking about it because before, before we had our interview tonight, I was looking at my, I have a little Pekingese named Fizzgig, and she's awesome. And I was playing with her paws, you know, looking at her. I was like, you know, I'm going to ask Jeffrey, can they read doggy paws? <laughs> of course, that should not be a surprise to you coming from me. Right, because well, both of us are animal lovers, but you know, I've never really thought about um, looking at a dog's paws to see if there's specific lines or mm-hmm. symbols there. So that will be my challenge. You, you've given me some homework to do today. <laughs> we'll both be looking it up and be like, "Do people really do this? I want to know." <laughs> now I know my bird, especially Maggie, and she's in the room in the studio with me tonight. She has actual prints. So like if you take a like a, a large parrot's little talon and they wrap it around you and stuff, you can actually see lines on them. So if you ever come down, I'll have to introduce you to Maggie. You have to check out her that lines. Would be great. <laughs> yeah. Maggie, show Jeffrey your lines. <laughs> that is awesome. Now you read palms. And obviously, you could probably read feet, even though they have the same. So if God, you know, forbid someone didn't have hands, which that is possible, you could read their feet. Is that correct? Because they have the same map? Yes. So um, it's a little different with the placement of the lines. Mm -hmm. So I do have a book from India that does show 
the so like on your hands you have the mount of saturn venus mm-hmm. uh, and things of that nature so i do have some artwork that shows where the placement of those would be on the feet so if someone did come and didn't have like an, a hand or they had their hands were deformed for whatever reason mm-hmm. i would be able to take their feet and give them the same service okay that's really cool and then I know that, from what I understand, there's a heart line, a sun line, and a fate line, and a headline. Is that correct? And a lifeline? Well, you have your lifeline, your headline, your heart line, your fate line. There's a line of success. There's okay. the ring of uh, Saturn. There's um, the bands of your bracelet. There's a thumb chain. So there's there's like lots and lots of lines that... Um, are in your hands. We, we 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 typically really just kind of focus on the major ones, and then we look at the symbols that are connected to them, the breaks, the islands or encapsulations, mm-hmm. and different things like that. And what is your headline? What is that supposed to represent? That that fascinates me. Is that where you think, or the headline really denotes about like your cerebral thinking? mental component it works with more along the lines of like where you're projecting your consciousness where you're moving towards um and if it's connected to let's say for example sometimes your headline will go up under the mount of venus and it breaks So let's Mm -hmm. say there's a break there and then it continues beyond. So that could indicate that you really have not gotten over a love from the past or over that hurt. Mm -hmm. So you're still carrying that mentally into every relationship and every encounter that you have romantically. Okay. And then your lifeline, I guess, does that dictate how long you're going to live or is that your life's purpose? The lifeline usually is between the thumb and the index finger, and it curves around the palm all the way down to the base. Mm-hmm. Hopefully it cur- curves all the way down to the base because then it indicates a very long life. Um, a short lifeline does not indicate that you're going to have a short life. It just mm-hmm. doesn't go all the way around. But it does indicate like your life, the number of years. It can indicate a time frame of when there might be illnesses or if you have like a broken lifeline and then it starts like a second one, mm-hmm. it can indicate where something traumatically happened. And it's almost as if you started your life over. Oh, and now you're like having two life paths or two tracks okay. at the same time. Interesting. Wow. That's fascinating. Oh my goodness. Wow. And heartline, is that where your heart, is how you love, how you perceive things. What is that exactly? How you love, your emotions, how you feel. Um, it can also indicate like heart issues and conditions. Mm-hmm. Usually your heart line and your lifeline are connected under between the index and the thumb. Sometimes they're separated. Mm-hmm. More often than not, like once in a blue moon, you will find a line and a heart line connecting. Mm-hmm. And that indicates that there's a lot of like 
conflict between what your head knows and what your heart wants. Ah, oh, that would so it's like it's the battle between the mind and emotions. Wow. So it, it, every little connection or every little break indicates something there. My goodness, that is just really fascinating. What a craft! I mean, to study something like that, I just find that fascinating. And lifelines, I mean, like you said, they could have a break in them, and, and it doesn't mean you're going to die young or anything like that. It just means you start over. That's like really cool. Very fascinating. And your marriage lines are underneath your pinky, like you said. So any ladies out there that want to get married? <laughs> <laughs> Look for a very deep, crisp line on that under, <laughs> under, the, uh, under the pinky finger. Yes, ladies, are you listening? <laughs> <laughs> wow. And so, Jeffrey, where do you do these readings? I'm, your tea leaf reading and your palmistry. I am a resident reader at the Crystal Cauldron mm -hmm. in Rochester Hills, Michigan. So I'm there uh, once a month and then also by appointment and parties and events and things of that nature. So I'm, I get around. That is like so cool. Now, what is your advice to somebody that wants to study these? I know you give classes. Is that correct in both of these? I do. I teach uh, both tea leaf reading and palmistry. Mm -hmm. With palmistry, the best thing that I can advise is to find someone who's been doing it for a length of time that can guide you slowly and methodically mm -hmm. in understanding not only your intuition, mm -hmm. but also understanding what the lines mean, the symbols of the hand, how to place them together, understanding the mounds, and just slowly begin to study each individual symbol. Look for books that were written. I mean, I'm kind of an old-fashioned kind of guy. Mm -hmm. So look for books that were written prior to 1980 before it became a fad and before mm -hmm. everybody was reading a book or putting a book out there mm -hmm. on palmistry. Right. So you want some of the more older books that have the meat and potatoes, as I call it. Sure. Of what palmistry or um, uh, what else do we call it? Uh, chiromancy. I had to think there for a minute what the <laughs> word was. So, um, so, so find a good old tune and then just digest every word of it. Uh, what is some of your favorite books on tea leaf reading and palmistry? Could you recommend any books? Sure. The best book that I can recommend is called The Language of the Hand. Mm -hmm. And that is written by, I believe it's Chiro, but let me make sure so I don't tell you wrong. Um, by Henry Firth. Oh, okay. Who went under a guide name of Chiron for a little while, but then... Um, he also worked with Heron Allen. Mm -hmm. So any of books that those two have written on palmistry are fabulous. The one that I have here is written 
like in the early 1900s. Wow. So it's uh it's been reproduced often. So it's really a wonderful hand uh, book on. It's called the language of the hand. Mm -hmm. There is um, where is it? I'm looking at my bookshelf as we speak. <laughs> I must have loaned that one out. Uh -oh. There's another one called, um, <laughs> I can't remember the title of it, but the, my go-to is the language of the hand. Mm -hmm. And it's really a fabulous book. Tea leaf reading. There's not really a great book that I would recommend. Okay. Simply because there's so much out there on cup choice how to brew the best cup of tea mm -hmm. and the most important thing that i can tell anybody for learning tea leaf reading is to work on your psychic shorthand okay so your psychic shorthand is your understanding of what each symbol means for you personally so we can buy a book Mm -hmm. of symbols and what they mean. But that's just that particular author's interpretation. Okay. So it limits our own intuition if we just digest that symbol book. Gotcha. So, for so example, when, if you see a dog, to me that means friendship. So in that cup, if you see a dog, friendship, if that's your own psychic interpretation. Right. It can indicate friendship, loyalty. If it's a large dog or if it, if it looks bigger in mm -hmm. the cup, it can indicate that someone is very loyal, very friendly, very supportive of you. And no offense to any Chihuahua owners out there. <laughs> but if you see something that looks like a little Chihuahua and uh -huh. they're asking about friendship, you can say that this person really is not as loyal to you as you think they mm -hmm. are. So don't trust them as much as you may someone else who shows up as a large dog. Ah, uh, that's interesting. That is so cool. Wow. I can't wait till we meet in person so I could have both of these done. <laughs> I'm and looking forward to it. I'm going to be so excited. You're probably going to look at my palm and go, oh my gosh, please put a glove on lady. <laughs> no. The one thing that I have to I have to admit is that ethics is very strong with mm -hmm. me with reading and, and dealing with clients. So when I shake someone's hand and they present their hand, I have to look away because the first thing that I want to do is look at, like, what is the placement of their thumb? Are, is their hand calloused? What is their lines very deep? And it's like, OK, stop looking for their personality. You know, stop mm -hmm. looking for how they are. So, you know, it's it's one thing that, you know, it's it's something that once you get good at reading palms mm -hmm. and somebody just lays their hand down on the table and their palms are up, you, you automatically just start looking. So it's like, stop, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> so I love palms. So you will not hear me say put a glove on. That is so cool. I think that is such a, an, a unique craft, you know, something something you could probably study for almost a lifetime because there's so much to your hand and so many stories. Is. That is just so cool. 
Now, if people want classes on these, are they online or are they in person? The tea leaf reading class I can offer online Mm -hmm. as well as in person. Palmistry is a little more difficult because I don't have really a good set of um, slides to utilize for Uh, doing online class. Gotcha. Palmistry is one that I like to do in person Mm -hmm. because that way we get to look at each other's hands. We get to touch, feel, see, and I can really use my finger to guide and assist you in finding and seeing things in a palm. Okay. So where a tea leaf reading is easier to learn, no matter whether it's Zoom or in person. Wow. Well, Jeffrey, I have to say you're one incredible person. I just really love hearing what you have to say about all this. And I'm sure after this interview in my head, I'll have a million questions. So it's just really well, I do cool. have one answer. Uh-huh. To, to a question that we spoke about. Can paws of your animals be read? Mm-hmm. So while we were talking, I did a little uh, Google search. Oh, no. <laughs> so there are ways to palm read for your dog. Really? The We're going to talk. Uh, we're going to give Tracy Reynolds a shout out. Hi, Tracy. Thank you. Because she wrote an article on how to read a dog's paw. Okay. Wow. And she says here, if it's a female dog, she reads the left paw. Mm-hmm. And if it's a male dog, she reads the right. Wow. And she talks about identifying the four major pads of a dog's paw. Mm-hmm. The five large pad, the large pad will make the fifth one in the bottom. And then she gives us a little list of how to actually look at and read the paw of your dog. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> well, guess what's going to happen to you soon? <laughs> right. I'm going to go in, after this. I'm going to go into the living room and go, Emma, come here. <laughs> <laughs> you can hear a knock on your door. Dee Dee drove all the way with her. With her amazing little fizz gig and Maggie Bird on her shoulder. Right. <laughs> you're going we'll to be like. We'll have tea and read the animals. <laughs> you're going to be like, Dee Dee, out. <laughs> that is awesome. No. <laughs> that is so Yeah, cool. so what we'll do is we'll just make up an extra room for you. You can just stay the night and we'll have breakfast the next day. Awesome. You never know. I might end up showing up at some point because our paths will cross. I am looking forward to the day that we can actually sit face to face and spend some time dwelling over all the occult, esoteric and psychic sciences that we we know and we work with. (laughs) I so love them and I'm getting back into them slowly. But, you know, thanks to like like people like you that are really teaching and really moving this forward spiritually. I think that is amazing. And it's amazing calling. What I, what I, what I really want to see is we have so many things that are being thrown aside Mm -hmm. because they're not seen as relevant today. Yeah. So I like to bring back the psychic sciences of tea leaf reading, Mm -hmm. palmistry, Tarot even, because yeah. we, we really need to delve deeper into tarot. I mean, how many people, I mean, I grew up in, in the South, so how many people know that red sunrise means 
red in the morning, sailor take warning. Mm -hmm. So it's going to rain or the weather's going to change. Red at night, sailor's delight. It won't be rainy the next day. Mm -hmm. People don't know that when the ring around the moon is very tight and there's two stars inside of it, that indicates that the weather is going to be the same for the next two days. Mm-hmm. Exactly. When it's a very large ring. So these are things that people put aside because they don't, because our scientific world thinks that they're obsolete. Mm, very true. But yeah. the farmers, the midwives, the witches, the psychics, the occultists predicted so many things without our science that we have today. Yeah. So we got to bring this back. Yes, I agree. I agree 100%. And I think, you know, I talk to a lot of people that are becoming more and more interested in it. And I'm like, well, you know, there's classes and more and more people that have done it for years are teaching, seek them out. You know, seek them out. Because you're right. I think the reason... I think the reason people are looking to reconnect to this is because with technology and all of our electronics... And the disassociation from people, they mm. need that connection. They need to reconnect to something vital, yeah. which is like the life force of the earth, the elements just to themselves even. Yeah. So when we begin to do and practice and learn psychic sciences or the psychic arts, it reawakens parts of our soul that we've allowed to lay dormant Mm, yeah, and we feel alive again. Yeah, absolutely. That's very, very true. I know when I'm on social media a lot, I feel very disconnected from life. And so, and social media is a good thing, but it also, for me, I don't know for other people, I feel disconnected from real life if I'm on it too long. It does. It, it, it drains you from that physical connection. Yeah. That energetic connection to not only people, but to just the, for lack of a better word, the spirit of place of where you live, your community, your neighborhood. I mean, go out and hug a tree people. (laughs) And pick up a card, hug a tree. <laughs> right. And and just feel reconnected to something. Put down social media, leave it alone for five minutes. Yeah. Go hug a tree. Yeah. Put your hands in the dirt. Absolutely. Connect with your animals too. Don't forget about your animals, people. Right. Hug them, love them, squeeze them. Yeah. Let them sleep in the bed with you. Put their head on the pillow, cover them up. Make them part of every experience. Yeah, it sounds like you know me all so well. I I never do that. Never. <laughs> no, me either. Um, when I tell people, well, my dog, you know, he's on my pillow. They're like, ew. It's like, it's my dog. They're going to be on my head, on my pillows. The cat's on top of me. The birds are next to me. Absolutely. Right. David sleeps upstairs because he snores. Uh huh. Emma sleeps with me on the pillow under the covers. <laughs> I, I like. Have, I have the best best bed bed best bed mate. That's it right. Is my dog. <laughs> <laughs> That's 
That's right. How can we beat that, right? Never. Never, 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 never. That is such un, unconditional love. Absolutely. And we're honored to have animals. It's an honor. And now I can read their call. You can. You can. You're going to have a line out the door next week of people wanting their animals' paws read. I have learned... How- I'm learning how to read a dog's paw tonight. I'm going to, I'm going to, that's my, that's my homework. Oh my goodness. That would be great. (laughs) How do people get a hold of you, Jeffrey? You can find me on Facebook (laughs) at psychic medium, Jeffrey Harris, or they can email me at jhpsychic at gmail.com. It's wonderful having you back on Twilight Tonic and hopefully you'll come back again. It is always a pleasure to speak with you, and I'm sure that we will find multiple things to talk about and discuss and hopefully enlighten and encourage the next generation of students Yes, absolutely. and teachers. And people need to know you can be any age to learn this. No age limit at all. Zero. Tea leaf reading and palmistry is the easiest psychic sciences or arts to learn. If you're five to 105. Yes. It's never too late to learn, everybody. And Jeffrey's a great teacher. Keep that in mind. Thank you. I appreciate that. I try hard. I know. Um, (laughs) And it shows. (laughs) You're amazing. And Jeffrey, you and David have a great night together. Great. You too. 